Who was there? Shepherds. I've always thought that was amazing. You know, shepherds were about the lowest of the lowest class. And uh, just humbles me every year when I see that, that he didn't come for the rich and famous. I mean, he did, but you know what I'm saying. He, he wasn't attracted to those people who were all important and, and everything else. He came for the low. He came for the normal. He came for the average uh, nobody special, which means me. So praise the Lord that he is that kind of God. Amen. Well, I want to I wanna talk about our sovereign and faithful God tonight. God is sovereign, and, and it, it's just one of those mysteries still of God. You know, we, we don't understand God. If, if we were on His level and could understand Him, uh, we would be Him, right? But there is just so much mysterious about who He is, just so far above what we can even comprehend. But here is the sovereign God who works things uh, even though um, there, there's people, you know, God didn't make me do that, right? People make decisions all day long about the things that they're going to do, and yet God in His sovereignty works things together according to His plan, and that just blows my mind. I want you to, we just read the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. I want you to see two more scriptures tonight. One from uh, the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, which, uh, again, a long time before it happened, uh, write this, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, you who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Pinpointing the place where the Savior would be born. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. There are many, many prophecies in the Scriptures, in the Old Testament, about the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Lord and His life that I could show you tonight. Well over 300 of them, actually, uh, that were fulfilled by Jesus. Back in 1944, a man named Peter Stoner, who was the chairman of the Departments of Mathematics and Astronomy, pretty smart guy, um, for the Pasadena City College at the time, calculated that the probability of one man fulfilling just eight of the specific prophecies of the coming of the Messiah, and that number was some astronomical figure. He likened it to covering the state of Texas in silver dollars two feet thick, and then marking one of them with an X and sending a blindfolded person to go out through the state, pick up just one, and having that be the right one. So, 
Again, pretty astronomical figure, right? That one person would fulfill eight prophecies, let alone 300. But what I find equally fantastic is that this did not happen in a vacuum. How many have ever made plans in your life? How many times do those plans work out exactly the way you planned? I mean, even simple plans, right? You know, getting someplace on time. My wife left Geneva, okay, work in Geneva the other day at 6 o'clock. She got home 20 minutes to 8 because the snow had started to fall. There were accidents up and down the through. One, between, one exit, getting on at 42, getting off at 43. You know, it took her that long. Now think about all of these prophecies. Think about the incredible complexity of this plan for God to bring His Son into the world and all that Jesus did, fulfilling all those prophecies. Um, yes, God is God, right? And that is the point. But think about all the different people, all of the different circumstances that were going on in all of these things, and yet God brought it to pass. It wasn't as though He just looked ahead and saw right, what was happening and wrote about it. Um, it was His plan. From the beginning, the birth of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the substitutionary death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, immense complexity here. In the midst of a lot of other circumstances, things going on in the world, uh, you know, how, how, how do we get Joseph and Mary into Bethlehem? He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Lo and behold, Augustus Caesar, you know, makes a decree. You know, all these things that had to line up to bring that plan to pass just as He promised it would. Now, why is this important to know? Three reasons. The first one is this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You and I can know tonight that despite our faults, despite our failures, no matter our past, no matter what anything else is going on in the world, no matter what any other person says or does, if we will put our faith in Jesus Christ, the promise is He will grant us eternal life. The promise is that when we leave this world and go into the next one, we will step into glory in the presence of God, welcomed by Him into eternal life, signed, sealed, delivered. If He can bring that His Son into the world the way He did, complex and all, if He says, you do this, I will save you, it's a sure thing. It's a done deal, right? No matter what happens in this crazy world of ours. Here's another scripture for you. Number two, Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for life 
and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now I believe that verse 3 and 4 here are basically saying the same thing. That through God's promises, remember, God's the one who's making the promises. This sovereign, faithful God who brings things to pass, right? Through those promises, we have all that we need for life. For a thriving spiritual life. That is, verse 4, participating in the divine nature. Wow, that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Participating in the divine nature. What, what, what does that mean? When I think of that, I, I go to the fruit of the Spirit, right? Um, love. Joy. I mean, could you use a little more joy maybe throughout the rest of the year, not just a bit? Peace. Peace that we need so much of in our world. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the divine nature of God being expressed in our lives. And escaping the corruption in this world. Corruption, stuff like bitterness and hatred and fear and insecurity that we see so much of. Right? See, not only a plan to save us, not only a plan to welcome us into glory someday, but a plan to give us life. Through these promises, everything we need for life and godliness. What can we expect, no matter what else is going on, no matter what else anybody else does, what can we expect from God in this life? Everything we need for a thriving spiritual life and godliness, participating in that divine nature, having these things, love and joy and peace and patience and all this stuff flowing through our lives. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that more abundantly. More abundantly. How can we do that? How can it be regardless of what else is going on in the world? Because it's based on His great and precious promises. And as we see this silent night, as we see in the birth of Christ, God keeps His promises, doesn't He? Notice though that it comes through our knowledge of Him. Think of it this way. It's already in your heavenly bank account. It's already there. Already set aside. Yours and mine. right? And as we learn through God's Word, as we learn through our reading of the Scriptures, understanding getting a hold of these promises. As we spend time with Him, right? we make withdrawals on that account. Stuff that He's already put in. Stuff that's already set aside for us. We make those withdrawals. The more we know, the more we grow. right? So we have the promise of our ultimate destiny. We have the promise of an abundant life here and now. But there's also 
personal things that the Lord has for you and I. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. If you remember, Joshua was the one that took over for Moses. Okay? Moses' successor. We hear a lot about Moses. But it was Joshua that actually brought the people into the promised land. And God said this to Joshua. He says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, this was a slave race of people that had come out of Egypt, coming into this land that they hadn't been to before. There were going to be battles to fight and all this kind of thing. And Joshua is suddenly put in charge. And he's a little scared, to be honest. Right? Moses, his mentor, is gone. He's thinking, well, how am I going to lead this people you know, into this land and, and all this stuff's going on? I don't know. Looks pretty impossible to me. And what does God say to him? Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In other words, God sometimes puts dreams into our hearts. He leads us in things that He might want us to uh, accomplish uh, in our homes, in our workplaces, uh, um, areas of ministry. So I, I, think, I think you know God's putting a vision in my heart to do something for Him. Something that's a little out of my comfort zone. Something that looks uh, like this could be tough. Like this could be an uphill battle. Right? Um, Maybe, you know, who knows? It's, it's your heart and God. What's, what has He spoken to you in the past that He would want to accomplish through your life? So as we look at that thing and we look at the possible uh, things that would come against it, we can look back to these precious promises. We can look back to this sovereign, faithful God. And we can know this, if God calls you to it, He's going to lead you through it. Amen? So, forget what anybody else says. Oh, you'll never accomplish that. Or, you know how the devil talks to us, right? You. You start a new ministry, you know, for the homeless or for, you know, this or that or over here. Or unwed mothers or, you know, whatever it is. You do that, <laughs> not with your past, right? You're 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 about good enough to just sit in the back pew and and uh, you know make it to church without getting struck by lightning. Not you accomplish something, you know. No, that's for other people, right? No, regardless of your past, regardless of your failures, regardless of your mistakes, regardless of that, that other people are saying, oh, you'll never be able to do that. You know? No. God's in it. He's a sovereign, faithful God who knows how to take everything and everybody and somehow bring His plan to pass. What He wants done. There's another one that says, what God orders, He pays for. Right? So, look to Him. 
Because He who in His love brought us His Son into the world and accomplished all that He had planned in Him will fulfill His great and precious promises in our lives. He will save us. He will forgive us of our sins. He will bring us into a relationship with with Him. He'll bring us into glory someday. He will bring us into an abundant, thriving spiritual life. And He will accomplish things in our lives that heretofore might have been unbelievable. But He can do it. Because He is our sovereign and faithful God. Amen? Amen. Just close your eyes a moment. Oh, Lord. I pray, Father, first of all, if there's anyone here who has not received that first gift of Christmas, has not opened their heart and invited You in as Savior, and knows what it means to have their sins totally forgiven and welcomed into a loving relationship with You, I pray that they would hear You knocking on their heart and open that door even in this moment. And if that's You tonight, just say, Jesus, I open that door. Come on in. I want to know You. I want to be forgiven, cleansed, made clean. And I want to know this abundant life that the pastor's been talking about. And Lord, we thank You for that. We thank You for Your great and precious promises, Lord. We thank You for Your Word that You have given to us to read and to understand all that You have for us. We thank You for the Holy Spirit who who, who reveals that truth to our hearts. And God, I pray that You would restore visions tonight. Restore dreams tonight. Restore hope tonight in the hearts of people. One time I thought I might be able to do this, but I just ran across this obstacle and this obstacle and this obstacle, and I dropped it. I pray, Lord, that You would renew those dreams even this night. Start new dreams, Lord. For people who thought that they were could never be used by God to do anything special. Well, we got a 13-year-old or, or so young lady that was uh, uh, a virgin and she gave birth to the Son of God. We got a, a poor carpenter who was privileged to be the earthly father to the Son of God. We've got people all through the Scriptures that had problems and pasts and and all kinds of things that You used mightily, Lord, for Your glory. Pray, Lord, that You would reveal once again to us tonight that it's not our ability, but simply our availability and our trust in You. Speak to hearts, Lord, we pray. And be glorified in it. We look to You tonight, the sovereign promise keeper. We praise You for Your faithfulness. We give You all the glory, Lord.
Sing this with me a cappella. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Cry.